Welcome to the Holistic Wellness and Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kimberly Ann Marsden, holistic psychologist, astrologer, and Reiki master. On today's episode, we'll be discussing how to use the Emotional Freedom Technique, or EFT, also known as tapping, to release trauma in the body, mind, and energetic field so that you can move forward in life and leave your past behind you where it belongs. So join us. Here we go. Hello, and welcome to this episode. Today, I have the pleasure of having Reverend Dr. Michael Bilkis, a transformational coach, board-certified dermatologist, and interfaith minister here with me to discuss living an impactful life and how we can do that. So thank you, Dr. Bilkis, for joining me today. Thank you, Kimberly. It's a pleasure to be here. Okay, so we are going to jump in, if you would be so kind, and just tell us a little bit about how you, let me just start with, you are one of the most eclectic people that I know, and you have such a fascinating background. I would love for the listeners to understand a little bit about how you got to where you are now as the transformational coach and thought leader that you are. I'd like to just go back and have you start a little bit with your journey of some of the ways that you got to where you are, some of the key pieces. Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, Ironically, it all starts with studying martial arts. And I was in a martial arts class. And one day, one of the black belts, whom I respected greatly, comes in and says that a friend of his is teaching a healing class. And he says, if you're going to learn how to hurt people, it's good to balance it out and learn (laughs) how to heal them and help them too. And he, he told us this class was something called Reiki. You know, now a lot of people know what Reiki is. Back then, it was a very strange word. And he said, it's easy to learn and uh, come and do it. So literally one, two, three, four of us from that, that very class signed up right away. And we, uh, we took this Reiki class. And it was like, boom, like this world opened up for me. It wasn't that the experience itself was earth shattering but it was the awakening that was. And then I went and started to study um, courses on shamanism and shamanic healing with the Foundation for Shamanic Studies. And before long, books were flying off the shelf and hitting me metaphorically (laughs) in the head at Barnes & Noble. And I started reading everything I could and taking workshops on many, many different subjects. And um, little by little, year by year, I accumulated a lot of books as we were talking about before we started, and a lot of knowledge about subjects, but I wasn't integrating it inside. Um, You know, I had some emotional wounds from being a kid, uh, not feeling good enough, not feeling worthy, not being heard. And one of the issues for me was those wounds I needed to protect. And people do this unconsciously. And and for a man, for me, it was through anger and rage. And so whenever any of those wounds got touched, tickled, or threatened, I would react with anger because anger pushed people away. 
That's the energy of anger. It forms a boundary. Healthy anger is great. You realize, hey, I'm angry. I got to draw a boundary. But rage is not. That's the savage warrior who will just destroy a village rather than simply uh, close the gate. So um, this was an issue. This was a big issue for me and my family. And then one day, um, it was a blessed day because it had to be by divine intervention. I can't imagine anything else. Uh, my wife, Hillary, met this man at one of her continuing education classes. And he talked to her about this um, group of men, this organization called the Mankind Project. And she came home and said, I think you need to do this. You always talk about how you need to make more male friends, and this would be good for you. I had no idea what I was getting into. <laughs> but you were open it. to it. Good for you. I was, yeah, it took me about six months, but I was open to it. And, um, you know, we find a lot of excuses why we don't want to ask for help. Oh, it's a lot of money. I can't afford it. Now, mind you, they would have given me scholarship and we work on payment plans. So there was no real monetary excuse why I couldn't do this. But I made up all these excuses because nobody feels comfortable touching their wounds. It hurts. It's uncomfortable. And it has to be because that's the process of healing is that you have to be ready to dive into your wounds to heal them. And it's very different than wound worshiping. It's very different than ruminating about what a wonderful victim I am to have all these wounds. So I signed up. It was May 2008 when I, uh, participated in what's called the new warrior training adventure. And, um, yeah, I went through with the same confident self that I was protecting, shielding, guiding until one process happened for me and it just broke me open. I just started crying and tears just started flowing from my eyes. And I'd always been taught as a kid, don't cry or I'll give you a reason to cry, which is God, one of the greatest perpetrations that parents do on their kids back at least in my generation. And one man looked up as they all circled me and they all witnessed me in my tears. And he said, those are tears of a warrior. Be proud of them. Wow. And, yeah. And that was the first time I'd ever been honored for showing my feelings, my emotions, and my pain. And today, even today, and I did that in 2008, when I tell that story, I can still feel it. And it brings me back to that moment, that moment of heart opening. And, I can uh, see it. I can see it because I'm obviously they can't because they're listening, but I feel it. I can see it because I'm seeing you on Zoom, but I actually can feel it as well because clearly it was very powerful. But what a beautiful gift that the men gave you and you gave yourself by opening that up. And, and then where did you go from there? From it's hard there, to stay open too. It's hard yeah, to stay open. Yeah, it is. And, and one of the things that people need to realize, <clears throat> and it's not just men, and not just men on a men's weekend, but anyone who goes on any of these types of experiences, you, you're going to experience a peak experience and peak experiences don't last. And at some point you start to come down off the peak. I know I did. And then it's possible to feel almost a depression set in because the peak is gone and, and you're saying, well, what happened to that? I lost that feeling. And no, you didn't lose it. You had a peak experience. Now you're returning to baseline. But the hope is that when you return to baseline, your baseline is at a higher level of function mm -hmm. than it was before. And that you take conscious, make conscious decisions 
to live life from that higher level. And so for me, it was becoming very much involved in the Mankind Project. And I started staffing the Warrior Training Adventures. I became active in administration in our training area and center. And um, as of last March, which was our last new warrior training adventure before the shutdown of 2020 COVID, it was the last weekend in February. Um, that was my 27th staffing experience um, with that. So it has made a very, very indelible mark in my heart and my being, and it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. It opened me up. It helped me become grounded, but the pain was still there. And so a few years later, uh, maybe about uh, four or five years ago, I started to see someone who did something called emotional freedom technique. Other people call tapping, EFT, acu-tapping. And it was the most amazing decision I ever made as far as my healing process because I was able to dive into all my wounds and through the tapping process, release the emotional pain, release the emotional charge on all those memories. And today I'm a whole different human being. And it made such a mark on me, that made such a mark on me that I went and became certified as an EFT or emotional freedom technique practitioner so that I can bring this gift to other people. And that's what I'm working on and doing today. That's just an incredible story. And the thing, I loved a lot of things about the story, um, but I think what I'd like people to see is how as doors opened, you walked through one and it led you to another and to another and all the synchronicities, like you said, your wife, Hillary brought the opportunity of the mankind project to you. You took the time you needed to be ready. You went and had the peak experience and opened yourself up. And then you went and you got more involved with it. And then you found EFT. And so it's really important for people to understand it's a process and it takes time. And it's it's re it's being open and making choice after choice after choice. And I love that you said that it wasn't enough. You know, you have to, a lot of times we think there's a finish line. Oh, I'm going to do this one thing. And that's going to be the thing that makes everything all better. And it kind of sets you up to fail when you have that type of thinking, because we're constantly transforming and growing and learning. And I think the beautiful thing in your story is that you just kept the faith and, and took one step after another. And, and now you're in a whole different place, which is really incredible. But can you talk a little bit for people that are not aware of emotional freedom technique about the, how, how it works, sort of the methodology behind it? Oh, absolutely. My pleasure. So emotional freedom technique was developed in the 1990s by a guy named Gary Craig, who took a different therapy called thought, um, thought something, T, TFT, thought field therapy. I think it was called. It's so long since I read it in the books. Anyway, he took that and simplified it to what we know as emotional freedom technique. And, and the premise is that all emotional memory is stored in your body. And we never forget emotional memory. Emotional memory, emotional wounds are always there. And the part of your brain called the hippocampus, its job is to flag any memory that poses some type of danger to us. And danger is how we perceive danger. So it could be 
a warrior coming out of the woods with a big spear charging down at us screaming. It could be a wild animal or it could be someone who yelled at you when you were in elementary school telling you you're not so special. Who do you think you are? I mean, those are all to a little kid that is dangerous to them. So those memories get stored. And then when some future event that happens that's similar to that event, the hippocampus finds that red flag and says, oh, no, this is a danger to us. And then you begin to react from the perceived danger. And, and, and in many cases, um, we get what we call the amygdala hijacking. That's another part of the brain. Mm-hmm. It takes over, and that reptilian part of fight, flight, freeze takes over. So for me, it was anger and rage. For other people, they could freeze and go into this fugue state where they just hide and shrink and become small, sort of like someone who gets up on stage to, to give a speech and looks out at the audience and just can't say a word. You know, that amygdala saying, oh, no, this is dangerous. We can't, we can't speak because someone's going to criticize us. So they freeze. So these are all in us. And, and I don't know anyone who's gotten through life without some emotional wounding. Right. Because because it's not always intentional. You know, our parents were wounded when they were younger. They wound us. Teachers wound us. Friends wound us. It happens all the time. Um, in traditional societies, you would have gone to your healer, your shaman. He would have done a cleansing ceremony and helped you process it out of your body right then and there or right within a week or two. But it takes years for us to be able to realize that we can get help for it in our society. So with emotional freedom technique, you come in and you say, you know, I'm having this issue. I'm having this problem. You know, I, I, can't, I, I can't get ahead in my business. I always reach a certain plateau and then I fall. Or every relationship I get into, I keep dating the same person and, and it just crashes and burns. And so what we do is we want to look back in time to those events that happened that created the same feelings that you're feeling from these present events. Because we've learned an emotional freedom technique that the best healing comes when we look back at specific memories and clear those. That gives us a broader, more generalized effect than just working on, say, I'm not good enough, or I can never find the right person to date, or I'm, I'll never get ahead in business. You know, that might help you with the immediate stress, but it's not going to clear the issue. So we go back in, in time. Like here, I gave an example. You know, I was told, don't cry. I'll give you a reason to cry. So in that, I would have gone back to the memory of when my dad said that to me. And the cool thing is, if you don't remember the exact time, you allow your subconscious to sort of make it up. And it still works because you create the right scenario to open the energy, to open up the portal to that memory. And then by speaking about it, you tap on acupuncture points on your head on your hand and on your body while you talk about that specific memory. And often it's not just enough to speak about it. We have to explore different aspects, look at it from every single angle, because there's always something that wants to hide in the corner of the room, doesn't want to clear that easily. And by doing multiple rounds of tapping on all the acupuncture points and talking about all the different aspects of that memory, we could take the emotional discomfort and bring it down to a zero. Which is where the, right, which is where the healing is. I want to go back to a couple important things you said. One of the first things I think you said was 
that it's our perception because that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with our perception, our brain's dealing with it, how it takes in information. It's our perception of what the trauma is. It doesn't have to be, you can have two people in the same place and their perceptions can be completely different and it can be a traumatizing experience for one and not for the other based on how they take it in. And that's really key to understanding is that what an individual's experience is, is their experience. And so we can't judge or decide for them how they're perceiving a particular event. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about EFT is that it says, what's your experience and allows you to go where you need to go to clear the emotional trauma. And the other thing I wanted to point out that you mentioned was the, excuse me, with the amygdala and the hippocampus, when, when the amygdala is firing, you're not going to be able to think clearly. These are things that are happening and the amygdala takes over and then you can't be thinking clearly because your your frontal cortex is just not available to you at that time. <laughs> and so we're going to not be making decisions the way that we would with our rational consciousness. So these things are getting stored and like you were giving in the example, they're going to get triggered. And people are like, why does that happen? Well, it happens because it's not something you're thinking about. It's something you're reacting to on a, on a neurological level, on a brain chemistry level, you're reacting to something. It's not, people are like, well, why can't I just think it away? Well, you can't just think it away because we're not dealing with your conscious, rational mind. We're dealing like you're talking about, you're dealing with the reactions. We're dealing with the subconscious and the reactions that the amygdala is having because the hippocampus is saying, hello, this seems like danger. And it's like, what, what you said is what's danger to you, what you perceive as danger. And so I just wanted to highlight that. And um, the other thing I wanted to mention that you said is with the EFT is that those emotions are stored in the body and, and EFT is enabling people to release them. And I love the point you said about how in traditional cultures, there would be a process for that. And I think that was a great point because we have ways, but like you're saying, it's not until we get so far down the road that we allow ourselves after we've had numerous reactions to get the help. And I think that EFT is one of those things that, I mean, you can answer all. Let me ask you, do you think EFT is, would be the common day, one of the common day ways to clear things and not let them sit and store there? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, when I, when I've worked with my kids, if something had triggered them, um, and, and they were teenagers. So this is, this is later, this is the last few years they're, they're in college now, but if something had triggered them and they were having some type of fit of some sort, and, uh, it may have been because of me, it just may have been life itself. And I said, just sit and tap with me. And we sit and tap and we've trained them really well that when we come at them with the you know, homeopathic treatment, drops of herbs or, <laughs> or something like that, they sort of like still have their, their emotional output, their emotional, uh, um, expression, but they open their mouths, they start to listen, they mimic because they know it's some, somewhere they know it's going to help. And so I was working with my son, he was like really angry and, and, and unhappy about something. And we just started tapping. And within a couple of minutes, all of a sudden, he started smiling. Then he looked at me and started cursing at me. And I said, why are you cursing at me? And he said, because I feel great. And I can't imagine why this would work and why I feel so much better. But I do. So with little kids, it's real easy. You know, if the kids are all upset, you could just have them tap a little bit and then 
they clear quickly because they don't have the accumulation of the years of the stuff building in them. And that's a great point, the accumulation. I mean, wouldn't it be a beautiful thing if parents were taught EFT and could start using it from a young age? I think so. And I think that they should start doing it for themselves before they have kids. Like anything else, do your own work first. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. You got to do your own work. Yeah. Otherwise, you can't. Otherwise, it's harder to help help your own kids when you really want to. It's not. I think that's an interesting thing with parenting. People want I think for the most part, people want to be good parents and they want to be there for their children. But if you're not there for yourself first, it's going to be really hard for you to be an effective parent for your kids. Oh, sure. And I think there's some good signs that you definitely need to do this or something to help you. You know, one is, you know, if you look at your kids, you look at your wife, you look at your husband, your partners, and you say, you're making me angry. You know, you know, you Stop making me angry. Stop. You're driving me crazy. Well, you know, nobody makes you angry. Nobody drives you crazy. That's how you're responding to them. They may be doing something wrong. And then you say, you know, I feel angry because you're doing that, or I feel hurt. But as soon as you say you're making me, that's a response that requires somebody to look inside and say, oh, no, that's, that's, that's about me, not about you. Right. And, and, and the other one is, is something in the psychological world called projection. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important. And projection is when I can't see something that's inside of me. We talk about that a lot in, in the work we do in men's work about shadow work. And, and shadow work is the part of me that I hide, repress, or deny. Uh, Carl Jung coined that term. And it's neither good nor bad. It's just something that's hidden. And so if I can't see it, I don't know what's there, but I can see it in you. I can see it in someone else. And that's called projection is that I can't see it in me, but I can see it in you. So if I'm getting really worked up about something somebody else is doing, then it's a good clue that there's something that's a part of me that needs to be worked on and healed. Um, If I look at something and say, wow, that's really distasteful and I don't like it. And I would do something to help solve it, but I'm not having the emotional response, then it's probably not a shadow wound. So that's a good thing to judge the degree of your reaction to someone or something as, uh, as the opportunity to take ownership of your own wounds. Right. That's a great point because really we're mirrors for each other. You know, what you see in me is also coming from, you know, within you, like you're talking about the projections. But the other thing, which I am constantly saying to people as well, including my own family, is we have to own our own emotional responses like you're talking about. My emotional reaction is my emotional reaction. I'm reacting, but I need to see what of that is mine. You know, you can't make, I can't make you anything. You know, I may, like you're saying, I may not agree with what somebody does or how they talk to me, et cetera. But how I react to that, that's on me. You know, how I choose to respond is on me. It's about taking ownership for your own reactions, responses, all of it. And, and I think that was a fabulous point that you made as well. 100%. And it doesn't mean that what the other person did isn't distasteful, awful. It could still be all those things and, 
as you said, I'm 100% responsible for my own reactions. Right. And the other key thing I think you talked about was when you're able to observe it and not emotionally react, that's a different that's a different place. That when you are able to sort of step out and not react and just observe it cognitively and say, "Oh, this is what's going on. I don't agree with this. I don't agree with that." And you can separate the emotion and the thoughts, then you're at a place where you're not being triggered and you can learn from it and you can say, "Oh, well, this is what I can learn in this situation. And that's a really healthy place to be able to be, to create space. It's creating space for yourself to see what's going on and, and move from, from that place. So tell us a little bit more you know, about, about EFT as far as how you've seen it work in, with people you clients or other stories you want to tell us. We love stories here. <laughs> sure. Um, well, I'll start with that, that, that there are over a hundred studies, probably more now that looked at EFT and published in peer review journals. So it's not, while it's still considered, and I'll put it in quotes, experimental as a treatment, which is just the bureaucracy and the, the tight hold that the medical world has on, on novel things or new things. And again, it's been around since the 1990s. The studies are, are quite amazing because they obtain statistical, yeah, statistical significance with very low numbers of people in the study. And, and as a physician, when you show me a study and said, well, yeah, we had 3,000 people entered in the study and uh, we're showing a 10% a better effect of the medicine over placebo, that medicine doesn't work very well. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, it was FDA approved, but it took 3,000 people to achieve statistical significance better than placebo. But if you show me a study that shows that the placebo, that this is 90% better than placebo, and you had 20 people in the study, now you have some really significant, um, a significant study. So there was one study done in VA veterans of PTSD. They cured 86% of PTSD of veterans in the study group with six sessions of, e- of EFT. Wow. And, and that, that I, I didn't read the study, but it didn't address how, many, how much help were the others who didn't get cured, but that's complete cure. And another study of children who saw their villages destroyed and their parents killed in an in African village, when they went back a year later after EFT, they were still clear of the PTSD. So that's, that's those are some really extreme, extreme examples. Um, one of the very first studies of EFT looked at people who had a fear of spiders. <laughs> and so if you would mention the word spider to them, they'd already be getting a rapid heartbeat and, uh, and all that, all this stuff. And they did EFT with them as they slowly entered a room containing tarantulas. And, and at the end, they were holding the tarantulas in their hands. Whoa. Yeah, that's one of the first studies ever done in EFT. I was not familiar with that one. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah that's a pretty cool story. Um, so, so that's what I, that's, you know, that my own experience attracted me to the work. And uh, yeah, I've worked with people where I've done, you know, five, six sessions working with some severe sexual trauma and abuse when they were young. Um, and they feel so much freer and lighter at the end. Um, I work with someone who just had a minor irritation when people show up late. And for us, it was a 30 minute, 40 minute session. And uh, 
And he felt freer after that because now he didn't have that same annoyance uh, and he's in business. So people show up late all the time. <laughs> so it's an important thing to deal with. It's yep, no joke. Yep, yep. So, you know, everything ra- and everything ranging in between that um, that I've worked with. And uh, yeah, it's very, very been really great. You know, I don't want to go into too many specifics just because of confidential- right. confidentiality and stuff like that. However, the, the the responses have just been really extraordinary, even after just a few a few sessions, and 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 that's also the beauty of emotional freedom technique, is it doesn't require years and years of therapy. Um, if it's one specific, um, th- if you've had very few injuries, it could take one or two sessions to clear uh, the issue. If it's been multiple, multiple um, issues over years and you've just never dealt with anything, then certainly it could take a lot longer. And I love the way that it works because it works with the subconscious, which is really powerful, as we know. That's really, they say about 90% of our brain, everything's getting stored in the subconscious. We think that we are these conscious beings and we are, but there's a lot more going on below the surface than on the surface. Like we think we're as large and in charge as we think we are. There's really that subconscious really controls a lot of what we do. Like you're saying, we're reacting, we are triggering, we are, you know, and we need to, uh, we need to be aware of it so we can heal like you're talking about really. And the other thing I want you to talk about, Michael, is, you know, with a lot of approaches, there's real serious side effect risks. And I'm not aware of any with EFT. I mean, you can speak to that, you know, because you have more experience than I do. But I think that's one of the important things to talk about, too, is, you know, the sort of pros and cons. What would there be, you know, risk wise, if any? Okay. Before I get into that, I just want to piggyback on what you said about the subconscious. Uh, It's also a body oriented technique Mm -hmm. because the memories are in the body. So by tapping on the body, you're actually sending a physical signal to the body. Everything's okay. We can let this go. So it's more than just dealing with the subconscious. It's, it's the tapping part is the active part of, of letting go and um, metaphorically unflagging the file and the past memories that the hippocampus has. So now it's no longer a dangerous memory. And the so body have, can release it on all levels, yeah, physically, exactly. emotionally, so, spiritually, mentally, everywhere. Yeah, right. So that's that's the uh, that's the crux. Is not just talking about the issue, but but physically getting into the body. And I think that if you want to deal with any type of trauma, you have to do something that's body centered because that's where the trauma is in the body. I agree with you, and I think that's another great point because one of the things, as you know, trained in psychotherapy, is that you can't. One of the first things we learn working with people with trauma is you can't go somewhere somebody's not ready to go. So if you're using talk therapy only, if they can't access it that way, then you can't even you can't even delve into into it. And even if you do access it on the conscious level, there's this whole imprint that's in the subconscious and that's in the physical tissues of the body and in the energetic body that's not getting addressed. Yes. And for and that's why I think it's so important for people to understand there's so many different ways to heal. And you really need to figure out and I I'm a big believer that there are different stages in your li- in our lives and maybe different things work at different point in times as well. And there is that's why I think people need to understand there isn't always necessarily one cure all. There may be things that work for you at different times. And maybe once you get to one thing, you can open up to something else, you know, yes. as well, as well. And 
I think um, it's really important to just like you're saying, and what we saw in your story is to be open and aware of where you feel safe, where you feel safe and where you feel that you can be comfortable when you're trying to make any sort of healing changes in life. Yep. I agree. And uh, now, now I'll get back to your first, yes. your, your last question, pros and cons. Well, certainly the pros are almost, you will find improvement of almost any type of emotional trauma um, in a very safe setting um, in that there are no drugs involved. So you're not, you're not taking anything where the side effects are, are severe and, and it can be done by yourself. You can do EFT with yourself. Um, I do most of the work I do with clients are over Zoom. You know, uh, COVID and lockdown in 2020 sort of exacerbated that, but it certainly didn't stop it because I was working with people all over the country um, when I was doing my training and getting all my, my supervised cases in. People were working with me and it works just fine because the tapping part is done by the client. So if you've been traumatized, if you don't want people touching you, particularly if it's a, you know, a sex, a differential of sex, you know, as a man and you're a woman and you're coming to me and you've had some sexual abuse, you don't want a man touching you where you're talking about being sexually abused. That's a, it's a really bad boundary to cross. Mm -hmm. So, so you don't have that you tap on yourself. And the only time I would ever tap with permission on a patient, I'm sorry, client, Um, I'm I'm in doctor mode when I think of patients, but on a client. (laughs) is if they were having a real traumatic experience and they just needed some help to calm down and they couldn't tap on themselves. Uh, the cons, well, what are the risks of, of EFT? And the big one really is opening up some more serious trauma, what we call a trauma capsule. It's like you've been, tra- a trauma capsule is where you've had some severe trauma, uh, sexual abuse, rape, or you've witnessed some violence and your mind to protect you, the unconscious encapsulates it. So while it still sneaks out and affects you in life, you don't have full memories of that. And it is possible to reawaken those memories doing this or any other type of trauma work. Mm -hmm. And so it's important to understand that when you undertake any type of trauma work, that it's going to get uncomfortable. And and you may re-experience or reawaken some of those memories. And if it happens, at least in EFT, we just keep tapping and you just keep tapping and and you don't need to talk about it because you're fully experiencing it and you just keep tapping through the points and you will calm down. You know, you will get through it. Um, Somebody once talked about the little pain and big pain of healing. The big pain is dealing with life as it is. And the little pain is the discomfort of actually entering into the healing process because that's uncomfortable. And so many people will avoid the little pain because they don't want to get uncomfortable, but they keep the big pain. It's one of the craziest things yeah. about, about people in our society, how much we will avoid doing our own work because it makes us a little bit more uncomfortable even thinking about it and scares us. So, so it's worth the little pain and, and it's worth... If you've had serious trauma, you want to be able to work with somebody who can hold that, who can hold the space and stay calm during it. And, and um, 
certainly the experience I've had with people on the other end when they come through has been really significant. Has been really significant as far as their healing process. One of the other groovy things that I think about <laughs> in EFT is that when, as a practitioner, when I'm working with you, I'm tapping at the same time you are. So I'm. So you never have to worry about well, what are all the points. You know, I'm saying, okay, just follow me, tap on these points, and say, repeat after me, and that that does two things. One is it shows you what to do. So that's something that you don't even have to worry about. So you could just focus on what's happening in the moment. Two, if any of your issues are my issues too, I'm tapping on them and it's keeping me from getting triggered, having my old wounds triggered. Wow, so while I'm working with you, if you say something and it like reawakens a wound in me, and if it was a deep wound, I might go into this fugue state too. I might freeze up or I could get defensive, you know, to try to say, oh, that's a terrible thing. Oh, no, though, you shouldn't be feeling that way. Why? Because I don't want to feel that way. Mm-hmm. But if I'm tapping at the same time, it's helping me to continually release any of these things that come up. So it's, there's another pro in EFT is you, you really want to see your practitioner tapping along with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of too many risks or dangers in doing it other than feeling uncomfortable and possibly reawakening the trauma. You certainly don't want to run. You know, if you reawaken the trauma, you want to um, move through the process and you want someone who could guide you and help you reground uh, in the process. So you, so you do need someone who's got some skill in that if you're dealing with some more serious trauma work. The other thing is, um, EFT practitioners are not licensed psychologists. In fact, they don't have to be licensed anything. So you really want to work with someone who's got experience, who's done a lot of their own work, and also have backup to know that if you're feeling some true emotional depression, suicidal, anything to reach out to licensed professional, reach out to suicide hotline and do that. To, to, to really get the help you want because uh, no one modality has it all. I agree a thousand percent with that. Yeah, definitely. And I think you made a great point. No matter what you're doing, whoever you work with, you want to make sure that the person's also done their own work, like you were just saying, Michael, because it's really important when you are using any modality, any sort of technique that that person can hold the space for you and that they've done enough work for themselves to recognize that they are capable and it's going to be a healing experience. And I think that you've made so many great points. The other one I wanted to say you mentioned too, was that when you're working with someone that they you're tapping along with them. But the other thing you mentioned is that you're teaching people the technique of emotional freedom technique so that in between sessions, they can also do tapping if needed. They're going to learn how to use this technique for themselves, which I think is really, you know, helpful. Like you said, it can be used anywhere, anytime. That's what's really great about it. You don't need some specific machine or specific place, whatever. As long as you have your fingers and your body, you can tap on yourself and it's, it's free, it's cost effective and you're always there. So you can always help yourself once you learn how to use the technique. And like you're saying, obviously, if it's a deeper trauma, you absolutely want to make sure you're working with somebody that's credentialed and able to help you. 
Yeah. Um, the other thing, you know, I like what you said about being able to do this at home is that when I work with people, I give them homework. <laughs> the teacher in you wants to give you, the you, homework. Well, well, it's not enough to, to, to cross a threshold. You have to keep walking the path. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be a big step. It could be small steps, but it's you have to be moving in the right direction. Otherwise, it is easy to fall back in the old way of living because you've crushed the threshold, but you haven't gotten too far from it yet. Mm-hmm. So sometimes what I'll do is what I love in the work, this comes out of the work that I've done in the Mankind Project is after a significant piece of work, when we do a men's weekend, we always ask somebody, so what's true about you right now? Because there's always a truth that emerges that's 100% authentic. They, oh, I'm a wonderful human being who's lovable and adorable. And then the inner mind says, oh, no, that's not really true. No one likes you. You know, that's okay. There's my next piece of work. But after I've come through a session and I say, I am an amazing human being, that's 100% authentic because it came out of, out of all the healing work you just did. I love for people to take that affirmation and say it every day, at least 20 times, 30 times a day for a couple of months. And that's the minimum homework I do mm-hmm. because then that affirmation is true. Now it's true. Before it was, well, maybe it's partly true. Now it's 100% true. If you say it, now you're reinforcing the healing work you just did. Uh, and, and it's helping you move forward rather than backsliding. So I always th- love that at least is homework is, is to affirm what's now true in you. I love that question. And do you have people tap that into as uh, they say can. the affirmation? I you love can. that. You can do that because while tapping, usually we work on the negative. After you've cleared the negative, you can tap on the positive. And what that does is you're tapping away any negative thoughts that might show up mm-hmm. as you as you're saying it. And, and that's part of my morning practice. I have about eight affirmations. And I tapped away all my resistances that I could think of a field. And when I was able to see that, yes, it's at a hundred percent, I then started tapping on the affirmation itself. And Beautiful. it takes me about three minutes, four minutes to go through about eight or eight, eight affirmations. And I bet it sets your day off in a great place. Yeah. Yeah. So what I'd like to do at this point is head over to the sparks of wisdom and see what you can share, distill down all that knowledge you just gave into a few sparks. Sparks of wisdom, oh, 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 oh. Sparks of wisdom, oh, 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 oh. Okay, Michael, so the sparks of wisdom today are? The sparks of wisdom today are the three Bs for transformation. Be aware, be aware of your projections on others. Be aware of what's not working in your life and be aware of your feelings. The second is be ready. Be ready to do the work necessary to begin the healing process. Be ready to reach out for help. The third B is be willing. Be willing to be uncomfortable. Healing wounds always involves discomfort. It takes the willingness to feel discomfort so you can release the chains and feel the freedom on the other side. And finally, take action. 
small steps at first if necessary, and keep the healing momentum going. That was a very powerful section of Sparks of Wisdom, Michael. Thank you so much for that. I think there's a tremendous amount of wisdom in those words. So thank you for sharing not only the Sparks of Wisdom, but all the information today. I really think that it's powerful and can be very healing. And I hope that people reach out to you to learn more. So can you tell us how people can can get a hold of you and work with you and learn more? Certainly, it would be a pleasure to do that. Uh, the best way to, to, to get more information about the work I do and me is to come to my website, which is impactful-living.com, I-M-P-A-C-T-F-U-L-Living.com. No spaces anywhere, just all one word. Um, you can also uh, go to Michael Bilkus, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, Bilkis, B-I-L-K-I-S.com. It's the same website. So whichever is easier for you to type in, it'll take you to the same place. And you have my phone number on there. You have my email address, uh, contact forms to reach out to me. You'll learn a lot about my bio and more history and EFT and coaching work and, and why I chose the name Impactful Living. It's all, it's all up there and all on, on the website. So I'd love to have you come and visit. Yeah. Also, I have a YouTube channel, also Impactful-Living, um, where I put up right now two shows. I have two series. One is called Journey into the Labyrinth, which is a, a teaching based on the metaphor of the labyrinth and uh, a labyrinth spread of tarot cards. So it enters more into the mystical. And uh, I teach based on whatever the cards come out. I'll give a teaching on that and how it pertains to the first card I draw. It's kind of a cool uh, segment. And I do one called Musings, where I'll just talk about a very brief segment of whatever occurs to me, um, like we talked about today, but that's a very short show. So come over to, uh, to YouTube and, and check out some videos too. And then you get to see who I am and what I look like. Yay. And I love the name. I meant to tell you, I love the name of your website. I think it's a beautiful name, Impactful Living. And I think that says a lot in that. And I, I'm not going to do spoiler. So I, I'll tell people to look at, because I have looked at what the meaning of the somewhat acronym part of the name is. It's, it's beautiful. And thank you again for all of your time today and your wisdom. And I really know that you do make an impact. You make an impact in the way that you live and in all the lives that you touch. So thank you for sharing that with us today. It was my pleasure. You're very welcome. And thank you for the invitation to come and chat with you this morning. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I did too. So to all of you out there, as always, be you, be love, and be present. <laughs>